Hello and welcome to Out of the Question. It's been seven years since I last interviewed Ash Williams for this podcast. Back then, the former Husey and Kate co-host had gone to LA, where he'd made guest appearances on Anger Management, The X's, and You're the Worst. He also sold photos of his feet, appeared in tickling videos, and worked as a shirtless waiter at a gay bar. We'll hear all about that in this interview, but in recent years, he's been a morning television regular, fronted colour reports for the Australian Open, and hosted Miss Universe Australia. But probably his biggest gig was appearing in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. We talk about all that in this interview, and you can also check out the related video content at adamswa.substack.com. That's adamswa.substack.com. And please subscribe if you'd be so kind. As usual, I ask Ash how his fellow co-workers would describe him. Uh, Right now, hungover. Mate, I would say uh, hopefully funny, good guy. Like, you know, when the the camera's off, I'm the same person. You know, camera on, mm. camera off, I'm just me. So I would say Ash, they'd say Ash is Ash. It is interesting how you can actually replicate who you are on camera. Not many people can do that. They've obviously, a lot of people have got their off-camera personality. And sometimes that can be funnier, and yet they can't replicate it on camera. Yet you're always able to do that. You're always able to actually go, yeah, I can transfer what I do in real life into show business. Yeah, because it comes from a place of honesty, Barry. So if you are who you are, and I'm lucky enough to just be who I am and my material is comes from my life, then you just, you know, whether the you're recording or you're not, it's like when we catch up for coffee and I know it's been a while since we've caught up for coffee, but the same shit. It's the same ash that you will get. I think the key word is honesty. A lot of people are dishonest when it comes to performing. Yeah. Once you unlock honesty, then you're, you, you have a bottomless well of material. So I, I think it first started when I was doing radio with Husey and Kate and, um, this is like 2009, I guess. And I was protecting some aspects of stories because I, I wanted to keep them private. And I think Kate said, Kate Langbrook, everything's on. Everything is in play. That's how we work. Everything needs to be mined and there needs to be no barricades or, or, or speed bumps to the material. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but that, that's the way I took it. And I was like, all right, fair play. And then since then, I've kind of gone, I've taken it to the next level, you know? Well, it, it's, it's interesting like, that, that they are two great proponents of, of, of honesty uh, in a public forum. And the person who's been doing it longest is probably Howard Stern. Absolutely. But the, the irony of Howard Stern is that, that I don't think he's that honest um, about himself sometimes he he still has some areas that he doesn't uh allow himself to be purely vulnerable um but but he does get the most out of his guests i'll give him that i guess ash has high standards when it comes to self-revelation in a public forum here he is regaling his fellow contestants on i'm a celebrity get me out of here about selling pictures of his feet i stopped doing it because this guy was just on me hey foot king do you feel like um, sending me a foot? Foot king? Is that your king. profile or something? No, he just calls me. He, call, he, call, he calls me, uh, I'm his lord. Really? Yeah, he, he said, can, can, I, can I bow at your feet, lord? And I said, sure. 
And then... Wow. <laughs> but I just stopped doing it because I was like... Also, he wanted more artistic direction on the foot pics. And then he told them about that time he answered an ad to appear in a video where he was tickled. I saw this job, it was a tickling video. A tickling video? Tickling video, yeah, paid 350 And so I just sent through my headshot, resume, and I got a call within like 10 minutes saying, hey, I have one question for you. Are you ticklish? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, mate. Moving on to question three, what's the most unhelpful feedback Ash has received? It's a type of feedback in general. Just because people are your bosses doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. So with radio program directors or whatever, they might have a piece of advice for you and often they're wrong. So you've got to just back your own judgment. You've got to back what you know about what you're doing because you know what you're doing more than them. It's, it's about knowing what is unhelpful and what is, is right to listen to and what's right to ignore. Occasionally, I can get thrown by criticism online if it's particularly well-written. <laughs> they could be fucking wrong, but if they, they look like they're smart, I'll, that'll throw me. You can't take social media seriously. Everyone's an idiot. And um, it swings and roundabouts, you know. It's uh, sometimes you can do a tweet or a post and it flies and you, you think you're the king of the world. And then you do one and it, and it doesn't fly. It, you just, it's not real. It's just a fucking game. It's like Candy Crush. Yeah, I just, uh, I do love it though. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just spent 45 minutes before I spoke to you scrolling Instagram. I tell you, whoever invented that, Oh, you geniuses. You fucking geniuses. Um, what's the failure you most cherish? I think at the moment it would be failed relationships because you learn the most just about life. And then if you, if you learn a lot about life, you're going to be a better comedian and better performer anyway, but, uh, and a better human. Um, but, yeah, I'd say I'd say failed relationships is, is what I've learned the most from. Do you learn about yourself, or or do you learn about just how to behave in a relationship? Uh, you learn about yourself. You learn about people around you. It depends on what the failure is, but any time there is a failure in life, you know, you you metaphorically you're catching the bus. You're on the bus. You're not in the limo. Um, when you're on the bus, you have time to think. And you're like, you're looking out the window and it's raining. And um, you see things with a bit more clarity. And that goes for yourself. It goes for your friends. It goes for your career. So you um, and your family and your family. So you've got to be able to glean some of the lessons during that period. Like, uh, like Sonic the Hedgehog, you've got to collect the coins when you're on that low part of the roller coaster because they're, they're, they're good coins to keep. You and I have experienced a similar thing. We've both been to LA and then we both came home again. Was that an experience for you, which was a learning one? Or, you know, did you, did you treat it like a kind of a show business university? How did you respond to that experience? It was, hey, Zwari, you've, uh, I just got goosebumps. Um, it is show business university LA if you do it right. If you go all in, and say yes to everything, 
then you will come out with a degree. It's a, it's a, it's going to be uh, a dodgy degree, and it's going to have fucking all sorts of stains on that on that piece of paper. But it's um, you'll still have the degree, and th- and that is actually where I people talk about the whole the whole comedy voice, and it sounds so fucking wankery. You got to find your voice. You gotta, well, look, if we're talking about finding your comedy voice, I found it in LA. Because that was where I just, again, I was like, you go back to honesty's worry. And when I was working the gay bar, because I spent all of my money when I went to LA to become a star. And I spent within two or three months, it all went. And I was working in the gay bar. Okay, there's a lot of stuff online about Ash's experience of working in a gay bar. Some of it's stand-up, some of it's interview. I'm just going to pick out the most important bits for the purposes of context. It's very classy. You know, I wear a bow tie, no top, hot pants, <laughs> The first night of uh, vodka shots, I made uh, $150. But where I make my money is in a little side business I've created, right? I'll tell you the pricing structure. It's $2 for a hunt, okay? A good hunt, yeah? $5 for a photo, yeah? You can do what you want with that, upload it to whatever you want, that's fine. <laughs> $10 for a nipple suck, yeah? <laughs> the first few guys, the trailblazers who, who started it, they got free ones, because I wasn't, I didn't think I could charge. And then I thought, hang on, this is gonna be my, my main source of income. And then I came up with uh, a whipped cream scenario. So say you want a nipple suck, uh, I'll give you a, a shot, minimum liquid, five bucks for that, and then cream on the nipple. Have a suck, and that's $10. Okay, you can choose the nipple, yeah? <laughs> Do what you want, have a good suck. I did marketing at university. Yeah. As soon as I put the cream on my nipple, that's when the, the nipple suck, I'm inviting the, the start of it. Yeah. And then it stops when I say it stops, because that, the, a lot of the gay guys try and make it last. You know, it's, he's like licking, he's like trying to turn me on. They're trying to turn me gay. That's not the deal. Okay, so that's the context. Let's return to the interview. I said... Uh, Ed Cavalier, I said, don't tell anyone um, I'm doing this because I'm meant to be killing it. You know, I'm meant to be the next Hemsworth. And then I started telling Ed the stories from Gay Bar and I've got to give Ed some credit. He's like, these are fucking funny stories. You should start doing them on stage. And I was like, are you kidding me? No way, man. Like, that's that's <laughs> not cool. And then I thought, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it one night at the comedy store there on sunset and it fucking killed dude it killed i did five minutes of just telling the truth and everyone thought it was material i got off stage and comedians are like so does your mate work in the gay bar where did you get that material i'm like no man i work there friday saturday night come down (laughs) and again once 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 i unlocked that that i thought oh Again, I can use my life as material and just go all in on it. It was just like, wow, you can't lose. You can't lose. Yeah, I've often called you a, a, a documentary comedian. It's like because, you know, you, you, you follow what the great Nora Ethron, uh, who, who wrote When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle, and you got mail and all those kind of movies. And she said, everything is copy. Everything is copy. So whatever happens in your life, you use. And I've always thought that you do that too. You do it really well. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Um, I've actually written a book. I'll have to send it to you. I haven't released it yet, but I'd love to get your thoughts 
on it and it is uh, essentially that finite period of the time I spent in LA and um, kind of it's just short stories that are true. Uh, it's essentially my stand-up, but there, there's an arc to it of, uh, of, again, going up the roller coaster, going down and having to take the because it's in show business, you, you want to take the main road. You, you, you want the lights. You want the, the glamour. But sometimes you've got to take the back street. Sometimes you've got to <laughs> take the alleyways. And I took the alleyways in LA. And that's so that's what it's about, that you don't need to take the main road because often the alleyways are more fun because there's more stories there. Mm. It comes back to desperation. If I wasn't desperate for money... I wouldn't have done the crazy jobs. I wouldn't have been working in the gay bar. I wouldn't have done the tickle videos. I wouldn't have, you know, there's there's so many dodgy things I said yes to because I needed the money. <laughs> uh, and when the desperation meter is high, you always say yes. And mm. when the, the, there are times when I had like money and I said no. I said no to like some jobs that would have been hilarious. But the desperation wasn't there because I had like, you know, a thousand bucks in the bank. So I was flush. <laughs> What's, um, <laughs> which word, question four, mate, is which word or phrase do you most overuse? I'm going to say, you know, I think I say, you know, a lot. Um, or bro, um, bro. <laughs> it just, you know, the thing is, worry, it depends. You, you say, different things to different people and you have those friends that you just you slip back into this groove and you yes you, you talk to them differently than you talk to other people and there's a mate of mine and I just for whatever reason I always call I say bro way too much um and he just said to me the other day he goes you're saying bro too much <laughs> I love it because I know that it annoys him so do you have a motto, mate? Do you have a motto? Or I a do, advice? mate. Yeah, great. I do, Zwari, and it's an old one, and it goes back to skateboarding when I used to skate, and you've got to really have a crack when you're trying to land a trick. You can't have any room for doubt, and I wrote on my skateboard, and I etched it in, uh, go hard. So I had that on my skateboard, and I would look down on it, and, you know, it's, uh, it's not my phrase, go hard or go home. But I just like go hard. You don't need the go home bit. Just go hard. So that's been it for uh, since I was 15. All my passwords are pretty much go hard. Now, since I haven't seen Ash since I've been back, I had to ask him what the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here experience was really like. It was wild, dude. Um, it was It was great, but it's... It's hard, man. It's hard. You are, you are so fucking hungry. And, you know, I got through the first three days. I just got through on the, you know, the smell of an oily rag and just you're performing, you're, you're going through all your stories. And I was lucky with the casting of it that I, fe I felt like I had a lot of clear space in terms of like room to move in, in terms of telling stories because no one was kind of in my area. So they would just look to me for a story. So I'd, it's like sitting at full forward, like plug a locket. <laughs> they're passing you the ball. So I was lucky with the casting. 
And because you've done radio and you, you've done podcasting and you, you pretty much had your own audience and suddenly now you're exposed to this big juggernaut Channel 10 mainstream audience. Was that different? Yes and no. Um, I, I was telling some old stories and you go through the hits and it's just nice to, to, to get your stories out there. I think as a performer, you want your material to fly. You want it out there so that you can move on to the next material. So it's always nice to have a, a larger audience and then you can just kind of um, like da- dandelion spores, let it go. And then, yeah. you, and then you're off. Right. It was great. I, I did. Well, I was tracking it in LA on social media and I was just, it was about day three or day four where, where you really started getting traction. And I thought, oh, Ash is getting those stories out. Yeah. I appreciate the tweet too. You, you did a very, very lovely tweet um, oh, about hilarious. four days in and uh, it was one of the greatest tweets of all time. So uh, Thanks, mate. <laughs> in my, no, no. my eyes, um, but yeah, it was, it was, you're a good guy, Zwari. Um, I'm a fan, mate. But you've always been a fan. You've always been a huge supporter of mine. And you you remember who have been supporters from the start. You've People who understand what you do, there's no greater feeling because you don't need to mm. explain it. They get it. Yeah. Um, um, and you've always been you've, – you've been a huge encourager and given me great advice. So, yeah. Well, back at you, you, mate. Thank you for being um, – No yeah. worries. No worries. No, it was uh, it was really great to see you out there and and regaling some of the stories that I love. Um, the the final question, Ash, is if you could go back five years, what advice would you give yourself? I, I wouldn't give myself any advice. I would just say get into it, live your life, have fun, and well, here's and look if just just playing devil's um advocate. If if I was going to give myself advice it would be to be a bit more discerning with people you get into relationships with that's all that's all Mm. but but again you i wouldn't give myself that advice because then you're going into relationships with a, a guard up and you need to be free you need you need to be untethered so um yeah it's a it's an interesting one what, what advice would you give yourself, Zwari, for five for years me, ago? Oh, for me, it's I felt that in LA, I made, if there was a wrong decision to be made, I made it. And I don't know what my thinking was at the time that, that, uh, uh, that did that. Um, I changed managers like you wouldn't believe, fired managers constantly. And there was one that I should have stayed with, and I regret that. I was, I was making progress with her, but it wasn't fast enough. But then I found out all the other managers were way worse. And I wish I could have gone back to her, but, I, but I'd burnt that bridge. There's a happy ending to that story. Just as I was leaving LA, I found two great managers who are calm and diligent and give excellent advice. Hi to Brad and Charles. But I did have a bad run for quite a while. You know what, bro? I'm the same. There was a, I, I, I did a similar thing. Managers, are, you're all always it's like a relationship again you think the grass is always greener and you leave and you burn the bridge you break their heart because managers when you leave them you, you they, they're heartbroken mm. and i did that and similar to use worry i shouldn't have left a manager about four three four years ago and yeah, i probably should have stayed but i was promised the world from another manager 
you jump ships and and you, you go down to the galley and there's no food so, um <laughs> yeah brother look we all fall foul of that um and again when people promise you the world and you know fuck man i wish i could have had some of those promises written down um <laughs> yeah legally legally binding promises. oh dude dude i was i was meant to be making a million dollars um mm. but, <laughs> and also it's that's a red flag anytime anyone offers you like a hypothetical million dollars it, it's a dodgy deal Thank you so much for tuning in to Out of the Question. We'd also like to thank all the guests that appear on the show. And if you have a minute, please subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app and leave us a rating. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me on Twitter at Adam Zwa. Until next time, thanks for joining us.